Good morning. Today, uh, I will, even though Pastor said I'll be giving you the solutions, it's not quite like that. Uh, but it's a continuation of yet last week's sermon. Um, I want you to know that the reason why we are doing these two special sermons is because uh, about uh, a month ago, the Lord had impressed upon different people at different times about the need for pastoral care. And we were touched in the heart. There was a stirring in our hearts. And so when we shared notes and we, we talked, we realized that, hey, this, this must be of God. This, this is on God's heart. So we spent two diaconate meetings with this as the only agenda, talking about what we should do. And we have uh, even appointed uh, Kevin, who will be joining us soon as a full-time worker, to help us to look into how we can do this better. And then I shared at the men's network uh, meeting last month, and there was just 12 men about my burden, and immediately there was resonance. So again, I, I really believe that this is of God. Uh, I pray that even though it is late in the day, that God will make it clear to you, even if I don't present it uh, clearly. I'll just get Singy to help me with the first slide. Let me just start with talking about culture. We know that people have personalities. Uh, nations, countries have also got their unique identities. Organization. Organizations have culture. It's called corporate culture. Uh, so let's, let's uh, have some fun first in the beginning. Let's look at this. Uh, well, this is the, my definition. Culture consists uh, of a pattern of behavior. It is it's acquired and then it is transmitted and it just passed on and on. The essential core of culture is in attitudes, in values, in societal behavior, and it must be shared by people. So, a, a group of you cannot represent everybody, and therefore, you, uh, uh, how you behave is not the culture of the church. But if a substantial group of us behave in a particular way, and we have the same value, we think the same way, and we have the same attitude, that's culture. All right? So, let's, let's have this fun. Next slide. When I say Japan, Japanese, what, what do you think of? Now, I, I've chosen five words there. Uh, this is what I, I think of Japan. I think they are very refined. In other words, got class and um, uh, innovative because when I buy Japanese products, they have features that I appreciate and they always get better. I, I like those products. I think they are very courteous. I've been to Japan three times and uh, well, I, I, I just feel welcome. I, I feel very... I feel nice, you know, the, the, the people. I think they are hardworking. I think they are very resilient. Singapore culture, okay? I think uh, that uh, we have a culture of excellence. As, as, uh, what I mean is this. Uh, whatever we do, we have to do it well. So the port has, the port is really the best, one of the best in the world. The airport has to be one of the best. The schools, we have to be the best in the world. And then NUS, let's make it, one of the best in the world. And we are always improving. We are upgrading the blocks. And then when we, we can no longer upgrade, upgrade it, we demolish it first 
the new estate and then we will pave the road and we will be doing this and it's good, it's excellent, right? There will be no slums in Singapore. And uh, organized, we are very ordered because we are very, we're very compliant. In fact, we are so organized that we, we are a bit out of place in, in places where it's not organized and we just don't know what to do. Uh, we will not know, when the traffic is too chaotic, we don't know what to do. So because we are very organized, uh, efficient, everything works. Uh, and to the extent that when something don't work, oh, all hell broke loose. Why are ministers paid so much when we have MRT breakdowns so often and you know, we will want to vote them out and all that. It becomes an election issue when there is... Okay, so I stopped there and then I approached my colleague. <laughs> okay, I got a Malaysian colleague say, okay, this is Singapore. We are this, 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 this. Can you give me two more? And she gave me the two K words. <laughs> yeah, Kiasu and Kiasi. So, uh, just, uh, well, because, uh, you know, uh, we have some angmos in our midst. I'll just explain what Kiasu and Kiasi is. Uh, we, uh, Kiasi, uh, just describe an attitude like, that we, we are not risk takers because we, we don't want to suffer a loss, right? So, uh, just an example, my friend just, uh, his daughter just got her O-level results and she had to choose subjects for A-level results and she, she liked some arts subjects. Okay? And the mother had to talk some sense to her that, I know you like these subjects, but let's be realistic. Is it it's difficult to get an A? Okay, so why do you pick a subject that's more scorable? And for this reason, I'm horrified. Some schools don't offer literature. How can this be? Cannot. And why they don't offer literature? Not scorable. It's terrible. And uh, well, this, this is, this is uh, just Kiasu. Kiasu is like that. Kiasu is that uh, we have to be ahead. If I So if parents compete for places in good schools, right? And so what they do, to the extent that they have to move house and they rent a place and so that they are within a kilometer from the school. So I, I don't know whether they are, they are I, I'm not offending anybody here. Right? Yeah, yeah I, I had to be very careful in the first service. But, but actually, you see, I, I'm not really criticizing these parents, you see. This is culture. Culture means everybody think the same way and is doing it. So the Chinese say, this is okay? And, uh, Kiasu is also like, uh, Julia was telling me, you know, Julia Spice, and said that one day he was, she and her husband were just uh, walking and saying, wow, this is a long queue of people. These are Germans and Latvians. And said, what, you, what is this? What are they queuing up for? I realized, they are queuing for free gifts. <gasps> I can't believe it. Singaporeans do that. And yeah, so, and then we pile up food uh, for buffets. The second K, okay. Okay. Church have a culture too. All right. I want you to think of this. Five words of phrases. Quickly, you don't have to tell me. Five things about PPH that describes us. It can be something distinctive about us. Uh, something you like about the church, what draws people to us, what turns people off, 
why do visitors stop coming? There must be something deficient that caused people to leave us or stop visiting us. Think of five things. Now, whatever these five words are, I can be quite sure, okay? You're not me, I'm not you, but I'm quite sure that two words, these two words will not be. Next slide. I don't think we are caring. I don't think we are warm. <laughs> these two words will not immediately surface in our mind. We, can be, we are generous. I, I came up with this word because I know, I grew up in this church where every time there is an appeal for funds, uh, a crisis in Nepal, in the Philippines, uh, the tsunami, uh, uh, IBC Bible School, appeal within a week, two weeks, tens of thousands of dollars are pouring. And when there is a, a request for sponsorship of gifts, a pile of gifts will come in. That's the generosity of the church. And in fact, when it comes to even giving honorarium to speakers, uh, you know, the, the PPH rate is how much? $300 per sermon. If you pitch in two services, $600. That, that's, that's very decent. For the avoidance of doubt, I'm not paid. Okay, I'm just <laughs> talking, I'm talking about people uh, we want to honour. Okay, so we want to honour Richard Chia, we want to honour uh, Wayne, Miriam, we, we honour people. It's pretty decent. We are generous. But we are not warm. I don't think we are caring. Now, I'm not saying that you are not friendly and warm. I'm saying that even though they are friendly people in our midst, corporately we are not welcoming. Even though there are people who show me kindness and care, and I, I really have received kindness and care, but as a church, this warmth is not felt. Why? It is culture. Culture. What? Let's go to the next slide. Now, let me tell you, to understand culture, now culture takes a long time to build, okay? Uh, uh, years and years. And I got to tell you what was the culture in days past uh, when I was growing up, okay? Uh, that's, that's decades ago. Now, uh, when my mother um, was living in a shop house in Clock Street before I was born, uh, she had already uh, seven cho six children and uh, and I was wondering, how, how did she cope? You know, just washing the laundry and then ironing or you have to cook. You take out so much time, who's going to mind the little ones? Well, neighbours. Neighbours helped out when she had chores. And then finally, when we moved to uh, Prince Charles Crescent, uh, this is a, a housing estate where we live in rental flats, uh, then more were gone, right? So uh, what happened? It's the same. Uh, but my brothers and sisters told me that when my father acquired the first uh, refrigerator in the, S, in the, 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 the neighbourhood, neighbours deposited their food in our fridge. <laughs> and it's, it's just unthinkable. How can they be so presumptuous that they can just loan space like that, right? And anyway, they'll say that, oh, they will not adopt our uh, lawyer. <laughs> That, that, that kind of thing. So it's, it's like that. It's very strange. And then uh, the, more, the more strange things is this. 
They will borrow sugar. They will borrow sauce. They will borrow, uh, you know, whatever. I, I, I think they, some things, uh, my, my, my brother and sisters told me they will just borrow, and uh, borrow eggs. And uh, it, it was not considered to be inconsiderate. Because, you see, in those days, people have many needs and resources are very limited. We, we are really inadequate. I, I'm counting on this unspoken system of mutual help and support. It's called the kampong spirit, by the way. Where the, the doors are open, today I need you, tomorrow you can count on me. No questions asked. And, and so I, I, I remember this, that when my mother couldn't wait for me anymore and she just disappeared to don't know where, my neighbours will go to the kindergarten to pick me up, bring me to their home and feed me. So it, it was like that. Um, we came together because we needed each other. So that was a pass. Now, on the right-hand column now, people have, and communities have changed. And let me tell you why and how we have changed. People have smaller families so we can cope better. People are richer so we don't need to share. We don't really need to borrow. And uh, we have many, many options. If, if your kid has problems with schoolwork, just get a tuition teacher. What's the problem? If, if anything is broken, throw away, buy a new one. Right? And and society has also become professionalized. All right? Meaning that if, you, if your kids has a, uh, has a problem, refer him to a counsellor. There are specialists of all types. And, uh, you know, this, this has become like that, right? Where we, there is less and less of a need for one another and the less we depend on each other, the less we will be sharing with each other and the, when, the less we rely on each other, the less integrated we are. So that is, over the years, a new attitude and then a new culture. Next slide. Now, culture is attitude. I'm talking about attitude when I talk about culture. This is the new culture. I don't trouble you. You don't bother me. I don't need to share. You don't need to know. Okay? I am, because it's brought into the spirituality also, I am responsible for my own spirituality. My walk with God is me and God. So this is the new attitude now. And, but actually, it is, Two different attitudes. We cannot be private and warm because private and warm are two different attitudes. One is me, the other is we. It cannot be both. Next slide. Now, I have to say this, that we have to understand this, that there's something very wrong. We brought this culture into church. But when we bring this culture into church, we don't understand that it is inconsistent with reality. Now, I used to think, you know, these verses are very familiar to you, right? 
1 Corinthians 12, 27, uh, you are the body of Christ and each of you are a part of it. Ephesians 5, 20, just as Christ does the church, we are the body of Christ. I used to think that, no, this is some, some um, uh, very nebulous, some uh, uh, term that, that is coined to help us to understand our interconnectedness. It's like a, like a metaphor to help us to understand that, you know, it's, it's just like the body, which I'm wrong. Reading this carefully, it, the Bible doesn't say that the church is something, you know, you try to imagine something like it says, you are, you are the body of Christ. We are the members of the body of Christ. Meaning that there is a spiritual reality. It has, I don't think many people has got that sung in and it really grips us and we understand it. I don't think so. This just caught me. We are the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not, an, it's not a metaphor. It's not some abstract term. Now, I know it's still very difficult for you to grasp this. So let's, let's talk about physical reality first because there's some... I want to draw a comparison. Let's go to the next slide. Now, we have to live in reality, right? So there is a physical reality. The physical reality... Is this? Uh, now, you, 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 you see me on stage. This is a real body, right? Uh, the, the body, you, you must relate to me as a unit. At the end of this sermon, it will, be a, it will be so strange if you say, Edwin, I really thank your mouth for speaking this message. <laughs> or you, you just thank the musicians and I really appreciate your hands and I praise your hands for, for this. It's, it's just odd. I mean, you, you don't, we, we are a unit. When, when my feet walk, uh, it is not my feet that walks. I walk. Right? So you have to deal with me as a unit. And because I understand this reality, the physical reality, every decision I make is based on the understanding that I am I am an integrated whole. So let me just give you an illustration. I have thalassemia. Thalassemia minor. It is a, some kind of a blood disorder. And people with thalassemia minor have a uh, uh, deficient hemoglobin. Uh, you know, the, the oxygen carrying ability of the, of the blood is actually not, not so good. Uh. So, which means that I tire more easily and... Uh, uh, don't be surprised if you call me and then you realize that oh, by 9.30 or 10 p.m., I'm in bed. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just strange, but uh, I'm not lazy. Uh, I'm just tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, now, but I, I still want to give blood. I, I, I regularly give blood. I give blood once in 12 weeks, so at least four or five times a year. Uh, but they have to, uh, they, they, of course, they have to take my blood and to make sure that my hemoglobin is, is passed. Pass is 12.5, okay? Uh, many times... Uh, Several times I've been uh, rejected because my hemoglobin is uh, 12, 11.8, 12, uh, 12.2. So two weeks ago, I went to the blood bank uh, intending to give blood and I was tested. It was 12.3. Immediately, I knew what to do. I know because I need to take my iron supplement and I, I took for the whole week. I knew that I have to cut down, I have to totally stop coffee because caffeine uh, uh, blocks the, uh, the absorption of iron. I stopped coffee 
And a week after, on a Saturday, on a Friday, I took leave. I went. It was 13. And I could, you see, I know how it works. We have to, this body got to agree. And I tell you, it's a small thing to you. It's not a small thing to me to stop coffee for a week. I had headaches for three days. Now, this is called withdrawal, withdrawal symptoms. Real withdrawal symptoms. I will have a headache and it lasted for three days. But I, I, we agreed, you see, this, this unified body agreed. You want to give blood next Saturday, Friday? Stop it. Okay, all right. I suffered a headache for three days. Take my vitamin suppl- um, iron supplement. And I could, could, could do it. But sometimes, some people have more serious problems, right? People have uh, high cholesterol, diabetes, hypertension, gout. Now, if they understand the physical realities, uh, they will understand they have dietary restrictions. So if you have gout, you just stay away from green meat, soy products. If you have hypertension, cut down on your salt. If you have diabetes, your sugar should be moderated and you have high cholesterol, come and stay away from the, the fried things and all that. But sometimes, sometimes the mouth and the hand decide to do their own thing <laughs> and there is no acknowledgement of this physical reality. And when they are not aligned and they don't think the same way, then there are consequences. When we ignore physical disabilities, there are consequences. When we ignore spiritual realities, there are also consequences. And so this is it. No one, Ephesians 5.29, no one ever hated his body. They will feed and care for it. When, when there is a wound, there is even if it's a small wound on a very heart that is hidden by the pants, there will be wound care. We don't just take care of pimples. We, we, we take care of, you know, we, we, because it is my body that I'm taking care of, right? So, uh, next slide. Let's talk about spiritual reality now. Next slide. Hey, look at this. Physical and spiritual reality is the same. Romans 12, 4 and 5. For we have many members in one body, and all members do not have the same function. So, spiritual reality. And so, we, being many, are one body in Christ. Individually, we are members of each other. So, spiritual reality is the same. We are one unit. We have many parts. We have different functions. All parts are integrated. Next slide. Now, what happens if Spiritual reality is ignored. Now, well, I have the example of the Corinthian church. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote a long letter and a large part of that letter was to address the problems that came out of the lack of realization of spiritual reality. You see these attitude words? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15 and 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. These words are attitude words. I do not. I am not. I don't need. These are attitude words. A lack of body consciousness. And the consequence is this. This is the spiritual diabetes, spiritual hypertension, and all that now. Division, disunity, tensions, lawsuits, immorality, impropriety in worship, improper exercise, of spiritual gifts, 
So what do we do? There is a culture that we know. There is a culture we brought into the church. Because we brought this into the church, there is a lack of acknowledgement of the spiritual reality and the church bleeds. What should we do? We've got to change the culture. Who determines the culture? What's been ahead? Next slide. The Corinthian church were gifted but fragmented, individualistic, independent. And so Paul had to tell them, you are joined together. Please be of the same mind, be of the same judgment. Is Christ divided? Is he? It's not, is Paul divided? Uh, why are you quarreling over me? Is Christ divided? It's all about Christ. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 13. So it is of Christ. One spirit, one body. We were baptized into that body. We drank from the one spirit. One. Next slide. Culture change starts with attitude change. And we cannot change culture by changing structure. So I can start a few more ministries. It won't work. Because it has to start with the mind. When we think differently, I, I call it the ABC uh, approach. When there is a change of attitude, people will change their behavior. And when many people change their behavior, the culture will change. See? A, B, C. And who do we take directions from? Who determines culture? Who dictates and mandates culture? Sharon said, the head, right? Colossians 1, 17, 18. He, he, he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, which is the church. Now, the, Christ is a pretty big position in the universe, really preeminent. Uh, he is overall and also head of the church. Let me tell you the implication of this. Huh? Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. God placed all things under His feet. See, this is a, the really exalted position, all over, preeminent. And He appointed Him head over everything for the church. This is strange. Appointed Him for the church? Let me try to explain. Just hold this slide. You know, in order to make Christ hate over all things, God made him hate of the church. So strange, right? Let me put it another way. It is after he is hate of the church, Christ will later have the authority to extend to all things through the church. Now, let me put it another way. It's hard to understand, right? Think about dealership. Dealership. Think about Apple. Let's say that Apple is, has decided that we don't want people sing tell, whatever, just anybody to want to sell online and, and in, in Simlim Square and all that. No. Apple will be sold through M1 and M1 will be the exclusive dealer. And 
strange. You mean a big company with this kind of resources, reputation, technology, re- and, and to, to restrict themselves through M1 that, I trust you, uh, for Singapore, our reputation, our marketing, our sales, you do it. Uh. It's like that. And the, it, is, it is the wisdom of God. God wants it this way, that I saved the church. The church is my body. I know what I can do with it. And I will appoint, I will appoint, no, back, go back. Uh, I will, he appointed, even though he has everything, the whole of Apple, appointed him, him, which is us, the church, Singapore, M1, to be head over everything for them. For, for, for him, God. This is amazing. And I, and if you can grasp this, okay, how much God has entrusted to us, entrusted us, then there must be an attitude change. Attitude change must happen at two levels, okay? Next slide. Okay. Okay, uh, so, yeah. Actually, seeing he was correct, he should have. This should have been fleshed out. Yeah. Having the exclusive dealership means that we can achieve all things. Paul said, in Christ's triumphant possession, He uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him everywhere. He, he uses M1 to spread the, everything that ever is and can offer. It was amazing. Okay, next slide. Now, culture change starts with two things. A changed attitude towards the spiritual head and a change in attitudes towards the body. The head is Christ, the body is the church. With regards to the head, there must be subjection. You subject yourself to Him, meaning, in other words, is obedience. With regards to the body, we are connected to one another through fellowship. We've got to submit to one another so that we can have fellowship. Now, amazing thing is this. Uh, these two verses says that first, in order is subjection, then there will be submission. It will flow. So, First John 1, 7 says that if we walk in the light, subjection, obedience, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Subjection will naturally lead to submission. So, our attitude towards the head is of first importance. Then, the second verse says, 1 John 2, verse 3 to 6. By this we know that we are in Him. In Him. Subjection. We are one with Him. We, are, we abide with Him. That uh, He who said He abides in Him ought Himself also to walk as Jesus walked. You see? Obedience. So our relationship with the head is of first importance. Next slide. Now, the terms, we have to now understand the terms of this exclusive dealership. You know, Apple required that too. Apple required that you, M1, you send your top management to our head office. We will tell you our philosophy. We'll tell you our products. We'll, we tr- 
send your people to be trained by us, we will tell you how to publicize. There is a standard for publicity. There is a standard for service. You represent us now. I am subjecting, I am now handing this over to you. And, and, and God is saying this too. You have to represent God well. We have the exclusive dealership. And this is the mandate, okay? There is an Apple culture and there is a church culture. I mean, Church of Jesus Christ culture. God culture. The culture cannot be... You cannot make a mistake about the culture. Look at this carefully. 1 John 3.11. This is the message. Put it to you. This is the message. <laughs> it's very clear, right? It is from the beginning. You should love one another. And then, if we were not clear, a few verses down, the, down verse 23. And this is the command. Is it clear? This is the command. To believe in the name of your son, which is really, you, you recognize that this is the hate. This is the principle. Jesus Christ. And to love one another. That's culture. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, what, what, imitate, what, what imitate God? Because you are His dear children. Imitate God. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. Cannot be difficult to understand. Culture. Mandate. It must come from the head. Because now we have the, the dealership. Next slide. Now, a friend of mine uh, said to me that, Edwin, I, I'm no good at, at anything. So, I really don't know what's my gift. I, at that time, I didn't know how to reply him. I, maybe some of you feel the same way. But actually, uh, Mother Teresa said this, the more useless I am, uh, the better. Because when I'm useless, uh, it is very obvious uh, where this thing comes from. Uh, the good works and the love. And so this is it. Ephesians 4.16. From who? From Him. From Him. The whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself up in love. But from who? From Him. And in case you are not sure what it means, 2 Corinthians says this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5 and 6. It's not that we are competent to claim anything for ourselves. Our competency comes from God. He made us competent. So really, it is true. When sometimes you feel very useless, alone, I am inadequate. But working as a body, I'm adequate. So really, can the little finger write a letter? I feel so inadequate. How can I hold a finger? And, and I, must I use a scotch tape to put the, even with the pencil, can I write properly? It's so useless. But when we work together, it's a unified whole, we can grip and then we can, we can write tons of pages of letters. So it is, maybe it's true. On our own, it is, it, we are inadequate. Next slide. Let me tell you now how this is how this is fleshed out. This, when we accept the exclusive dealership, we accept the mandate from heaven and an organization adopts the culture that is set by the principle, which is Jesus Christ. I was speaking to uh, Hock Chuan 
in the men's meeting, and he shared with me, Hot uh, Chan, by the way, is the CEO of St. Luke's Hospital. He said that um, the corporate culture of St. Luke's is to offer compassionate care to everyone, not I mean, hospitals, right? Hospital, it is a step-down hospital re, re, for rehabilitation. What's what people do when they go to, to re, rehabilitation hospitals, step-down hospitals, they just come and because the main hospital has no, no space for them and they just kick them out. They go there for a while and they do some exercise for them and they w- really want them to be discharged quickly because there are other patients coming in and so we, we just want to help you to, to cope with your disability and uh, out you go, right? So, but it was, it's different with St. Luke's. St. Luke's philosophy is that we don't only want to provide you with physical care, and, and you, you must be taken care of physically, but holistic care which includes your mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. So, oh, John, what do you do there? How do you do that? So we will really talk to the patients and to understand what, what problems do they have, what limitations do they have that might affect them looking after themselves that will lead to physical health. So they, they trace, they talk, they try to counsel, they, they change attitudes, they pray for them. Oh, wow, we. And so that even after the patient is discharged, the nursing staff would even bother to visit them to make sure that they are doing okay because they, the, the, the work in the other departments are not over yet. This is not just care, it's not just health care, it's compassionate care for everyone. So SLH, St. Luke's Hospital, uh, they, they say that, well, you know, as uh, it means serving everyone of whatever religion, language, nationality, no, no, maybe not all nationality, but uh, loving, uh, L for loving, loving without limits, healing, H, healing body and soul. This is their corporate philosophy, their culture. So one day, um, I, I, I shared this in the first service and I was advised not to mention names, okay? One day, there was a hospital in Singapore that's, that's not doing so well, lah, okay? And this hospital is a very old hospital, but they, they have problems recruiting and retaining. But SLH has a reputation of people staying and people joining. So they went to uh, SLH and said that, well, you're VWO, I'm VWO, you're in healthcare, we're in healthcare, you look after the elderly, we also share the secret. So um, the, uh, the CEO of St. Luke said that, well, you know, you know uh, well, we, uh, salaries have to be competitive and, and we are, and uh, we do have a uh, uh, career plan and there's a career progression and we have training, and we do upgrade our staff, and, and then we have these benefits and that welfare, and say, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the, the, the other hospital, the board were there, said, what you have, we have. What you do, we have done. Please, tell me your secret. So, you know, <laughs> so the Salute Hospital uh, chairman was, uh, well, okay, I, <laughs> really, there's no secret, but I will not talk, okay? Why don't I just let the director of nursing talk and the director of, uh, the medical director and the director of rehabilitation. You, you share, you share. You, you just tell them whatever you know. Oh, so they, they came out and they shared that, 
oh, actually I came because of a calling and I was called to the St. Luke's Hospital because I really like the value, it resonates with me and, and because of this, I'm able to uh, then feel so fulfilled and I see results and I'm able to nurture other people and I find it rewarding and I receive help and their results and their fruits and then the director of nursing said the same thing, the same story. And then the other hospital, the board member said, I know your secret. You all are Christians. And you have Christian values. I said, what a testimony to the God when the culture mandated by the principle, which is Jesus Christ, is given to the dealer and the dealer follow everything, which is actually basically love. Huh? Who gets the glory? Amen. The light comes through. I will give you another verse that is wonderful. Next slide. You know, look at this verse. 1 John 2, 5. It's a wonderful verse. But whoever keeps his word, that means we, we, we follow the mandate. Lah. We, we just accept that this, the follow the whatever the principles say. Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. Now, I, I had a lot of problem understanding this for years. What do you mean that the love of God will be perfected in him? The love of God will shine through him, will be expressed through him, but perfected in him? Well, I will illustrate this way. You, you know, you know this, this is, uh, by the way, on the left-hand side, it's a little small. This is the F1 circuit. All right, this is from, from the aerial view. It's really bright. And I did some research. This circuit is lined by 1,600 projector lights. And it can produce a brightness of 3,000 looks. And I checked what looks is. Looks is this. This 3,000 looks means that it is 30 times brighter than the street lamps. Or you don't know what is 30 times. It is, it is four times brighter than the flight lights of the National Stadium. <laughs> Amazing, right? Now, when we are aligned with God, we recognize Him as the head. We take direction from Him. He gives us the mandate. We follow whatever He says here, the manual. We do it. And then, we are all the lights that are brightened. And the power of this light is the same power as the light of Jesus Christ. It is perfected. When we can do it, it is perfected in us. It can achieve that kind of a brilliance. And of course, this is, this is God's vision and plan. The church must, the church can achieve this kind of brilliance. But we're not there yet, I know. We are not there yet, but this is the possibility. Truly, that love, the love of God will be perfected like the sunlight as if it were day. Next slide. Now, this is the mandate from heaven. This is the mandate from the principle, the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the body. I put it, I, I only chose three, but, but it is enough. It is clear. Romans 13, 8, Galatians 6, 2, Galatians 5, 14. Romans 13, 8 says, there should be no outstanding debt except this debt that cannot be repaid. 
This continuing that is to love one another because whoever loves others has understand this. You fulfill the whole law. You understand this. And again, Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burden because in this way, if you carry each other's burden, you fulfill the whole thing. You understand the whole manual. Galatians 5.14, for the entire law, entire law here, is fulfilled if you just remember this one line, love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, and it means, I put that verse below, 1 Corinthians 12.25, it means, it means that there is no division, there is, we, we don't discriminate, there is no bias, okay? You, you don't treat the pen the pimple with, with special care and then when there is a, there is a cut somewhere and you, you just let it fester. It's, it's just it's a cunt. It, there, there, must be, there must be the same level of care. Uh, you don't just wash your face. You, 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 you bathe your body. And it's the same care. Next slide. And I want to now show you how this light can be emitted. Okay, um, I think it can be done in these ways. Look at the black column on the left. Eh? I think it can, be, it can be emitted by the welcome light, the warmth light, the light of words, the light of words. Now, the other two is also light. The other two is normally not seen as light. You see, we want to be helping, serving, giving. And so, people with needs, people who are weak, they retreat because it's, it's, it's shameful and they, they want to hide it. And the more we hide it, the less attention it gets. And then, of course, the wound, the rash, the injury gets worse. So actually, it is quite irresponsible for you who are weak to not let people know that you have a problem. It's quite irresponsible. It affects the whole body. So I put there that the light showing, make, making known your need is a kind of light. And recognizing your weakness and, and being frank about it, honest about it, is a kind of light. Because when, when the left light, the left row column happens, uh, well, uh, the, the purple column is, an, is, is, is to explain. Huh? Welcome means invitation. Uh, warm means visitation. Uh, words means encouragement. Works means action. Needs means dependence. Weakness means that you, you uh, recognize you need cooperation. But ministry will take place, the right-hand column. The ministry of hospitality, the ministry of presence. And I, 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 I share this with my leaders. That I, I think it's very important. Sometimes we can't do everything and then uh, we just appear in the hospital only once. You know, let, let others do the visit. But the leaders just appear once and say, ah, Pastor, thank you for visiting. Uh, uh, elder, th thank you. The ministry of presence. To, because the, the leaders sort of like represent the church. And the ministry of presence is important. The ministry of empathy. The ministry of service. And of course, it's a type of ministry. The ministry of acknowledging your need. Because when you acknowledge, it, acknowledge your need, the body will come into action. You stimulate actually action. Let me give you an example. When I, uh, when I moved from Pearl Bank to Red Hill and 
you know, um, being single, I, I have very little help, right? Because the packing is usually done by the woman. And I, there's no woman in the house. So I was, I was packing, but I was, every day I was discouraged and, and they don't know what to do. And there's so little progress and I'm just very scared. And then people start, uh, I, I made known this uh, to people that uh, this, uh, this is so difficult. So, do you need help or not? I said, yeah, I need help. <laughs> so many people came and they, they brought their cardboards and uh, they, they, they boxes and all that and they sent me to pack and many, many, many different people did that. And I was saying that, that's what I mean. Like, if, you, if you don't ask, how, how, how do you know that people don't want to, to help you? So, you know, there was once when, you know, talking about this kampung spirit uh, that is very abs- that's totally absent in, in HDB now. Uh, January, um, Chinese New Year, and because my nieces and nephews were returning from the US and all, we were expecting a larger than usual uh, group of people in my place, and I, I didn't have enough chairs, and I thought, I was really thinking, uh, should I buy chairs? And, uh, you know, in, in my mind, uh, you know, it's, it's very individualist, very proud. Uh, Edwin, please don't embarrass yourself. Go and buy some chairs. Because I was thinking about whether I should borrow my neighbor, you see, on, on Chinese New Year. So please go and buy. They don't. They are not expensive. Go and buy the chairs. Anyway, I borrowed from my neighbors. Uh, yeah. So so because it doesn't make sense to buy new chairs. And uh, but who who knows that they, they they don't want to help you? My neighbors say, we are going to be out. Okay, you take all these chairs. You see, and so this is this is a ministry too. When we make known our needs, when we acknowledge that we we want to some help and suddenly there's a chain reaction and, and right at this point of time I, I want to tell you a story okay when I visited um, Priscilla uh, Priscilla Chow is, is a member of this church okay um, she, she, she fractured her ankle very very badly uh, but she's also a dialysis patient she has, uh, she has kidney failure and uh, ordinarily she will make her way to the dialysis centre on her own but because of the very serious fracture uh, she was wheelchair-bound. How, how is she going for her dialysis? Now, this is a crisis, you know. And when I visited her and she said, uh, yeah, I don't know how, uh, maybe I should call a maxi cab. Maybe I just call an ambulance. <laughs> I know how much it costs. Even the cheap one is $80 one way. The 100 maxi cab or whatever, it's, it's not, no, I, 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 it's all in my heart. Like, I just said, oh dear. You, you are in trouble. And I, uh, M- Morgan knew about it. Morgan's a member of the church. Morgan immediately drew up a schedule. And he, he shared it with a few people. And I said that I've run out of a schedule. And Priscilla needs transportation needs. And it's over the next two months. And if you can, uh, please let me know uh, whether you can pick her, fetch her, pick her three times a week for these months. You know? You know what I was thinking? Tinake. <laughs> Cannot lie. Doesn't work one. <laughs> Wrong. How many people responded? 18. The schedule is now into June. Three times a week. Every week until June. And this is on my own. That little finger can't do anything. But this little finger suggests, why don't we just work together and do something? I said, okay. <laughs> this is how it works. It takes one person to suggest it. 
it caused a chain reaction and there are many people who felt the same way maybe. The Holy Spirit really touched many, many people and, and then it's done. If we are willing, God will be working. Alright? And I, I want to give you another story. This is another one of those encouraging stories. You know, I, I went to visit Priscilla on the 13th of May, uh, intending, of course, to encourage her. She, she had a bad fall, and, and I, I know it was a serious fracture, and I, I spent two hours in the hospital, or two and a half. The reason why it's so long is because she was sharing with me, and her stories were just coming through, and I was really uplifted. She was just sharing on God's goodness to her. And one of the stories she shared with me was this, that prior to this hospitalization, uh, if, uh, this, this episode, there was another episode where she had to be hospitalized in NUH. And uh, being a renal uh, patient, she sh- should have been in the renal ward, but there was no uh, beds in the renal ward. They put her in the cancer ward. And in the cancer ward, she met a woman. They're all, they're all cancer patients. And uh, the, the woman noticed that she had visitors. Uh, many people from uh, what the pastors uh, and then um, members and said, Ah, wow, you're so good. 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 You're very lucky. You have so many relatives because it's in the mind is that who, who bother to, to be visiting so regularly and so many unless they are your relatives. You have a lot of relatives. You are blessed. No, 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 no. Priscilla said, These are my church friends. They are my pastors. And I said, Wow, she was impressed. And because the, the, the ministry was, they kept up with the ministry, Pastor Johnny and the wife and others. Uh, then it came uh, to the point when uh, Priscilla had to be discharged and so off she went. And uh, Pastor Johnny and the, the Patsy hospital again because there were, there were other people to visit and they passed the ward and they saw, hey, the lady is still there. Hey, you know what And then, then, they say, ah, then she, was, she appeared to be very welcoming. So they, ah, okay, I just spent some time. Then they talk and then they ask, she really warm up to, to the pastor so easily. Then, oh, you are different. You, you Christians are different. And, and so they, well, yeah, can I share with you about what, what makes us different? And after the sharing, they ask, do you want to be a Christian too? Yes, I want. And so, who started the chain reaction? Well, many. Priscilla's radiance, positive attitude, her cheerfulness caught her attention. The visitors, the stream of visitors left an impression. And then the words, the ministry of words came and then she was ready and she received it. Let me tell you what happened after this. She was discharged. And so when Johnny went to the hospital, hey, the, the woman is not there. So Ta told the woman, the nurse, where is this woman? And the nurse told the Jiang, she has gone to this particular home. So uh, Pastor Johnny then went to this home and visited her and said, Ha, huh, you've come to visit me? How do you know I'm here? And further ministry could take place. And after that, she was discharged and they went, she went to another home, All Saints Home, a Christian home where she could be taken care of spiritually. And today, they are still keeping up with it. Now, what makes us different? Culture. Who gave us this culture? God, the principle, the mandate. 
What culture? Oh, in everything we do. Can we do so many things? No, you can't. Please, <laughs> don't think so highly of yourself. But if, if an idea comes from you and you bother to share it, and five join you, and you do, and ten are impressed, they join you too, we can achieve much. Which is what Johnny told me, Pastor Johnny from Peace Chapel. He started this visitation ministry with him, his wife, and one member, and now she has a team of people. And different people will be in his team at different times. But now she has, he has a team. You know, um, I want to... Next slide, please. This is, this is what happens when culture changed. When our culture is aligned to God's mandate, when people have problems, they will receive help. When there are people in crisis, they will be supported. When there are people in hospitals, they will be visited. When there are people in bereavement, they will be comforted. When there are people who are sick, they will be prayed for. When there are people who are weak, we will protect them. When there are leaders in our midst, they are not on their own because we will mentor them and guide them. When there are visitors, they will always be welcome. And when there are new people who are new to the church, they will not be friendless. The list can be longer. But I, I like the space. But you see how many ways the light can be expressed and when we, when we do it with love, His love is perfected. They don't see our inconsistent love. They see another type of love. They see agape love. And they say, I, I want to be a Christian too. So this is how it works. Brothers and sisters, next slide. And I, I want to, I, I put up this slide because I think we need to weave a net. Right now, there are two different types of net. There is the leader's net, elders and deacons. This is a net with big holes. You know what big holes, right? Because we're very stretched. So a lot of people fall through. But fortunately, we have a second net. If, you're, if you belong to a CG, there is a CG net. But it's not big enough because half the church are not in CG. So this second net can catch some people and some people who live quite near the edge of the net have already fallen off. We need a third net. This net must be big enough and strong enough and built of composite material and it can capture everybody. This is a net with the caring arm and the encouraging arm and the teacher arm and the arm of help, but it's all weaved together and it has very small holes because there's so many of us. We're going to start, uh, well, thank God for Pastor Kevin Lim, uh, who's going to be joining us as a pastor soon. And we, we have tasked Kevin to help us to look into um, this, this ministry of care, uh, pastoral care. Now, I, I, I know what I said right just now, that if you want to change the culture, you, just, you can't change the structure. But, uh, but 
that, that, that's why I'm, we're sharing this message with you. We're, we're changing your attitude first. But the, the ministry that Kevin wants to start is necessary because there's no culture yet. And so she has, he has to get anybody, anybody who is willing to work with him first. Then when these people work, others join him and we behave in a, a very different way. We are significant enough to affect culture. We want to start this. And I'm, it, can be, it can start with 50, but I hope it will grow quickly to be 100, 150, and eventually it is a every member net. You are part of the net. And the reason why we need this third net is this. In the parable of the lost sheep, the 100 sheep, remember? And one was lost. At the end of the story, Jesus said this, in the same way, just as the shepherd went to look for that hundredth, in the same way, your heavenly Father is not willing. 10% attrition rate, I'm not willing. Just, just lose two toes. I am not willing to lose the two toes. Not willing. This is the Father's heart. The church will be glorious. If we are willing, God will be working. And I want to invite the musicians to come forward. Next slide. Oh, no. That's all. <laughs> I, want to, I want to pray with you. Let's ask God for, to help us. Let's come before God. Father, thank you for speaking to us every week. I know you really want to, to feed us, to refresh us, to teach us, to renew us. And God, please renew us. We know how far we have strayed, uh, how, how different our attitude is compared to, to your attitude, how different our heart is compared to your heart. And we have grieved you. We have acted independently, and sometimes very selfishly, we have brought the culture of the world into the, and, and make it the culture of the church. And we think we are okay. Father, if we agree with you, forgive us. Forgive us for not offering ourselves and, and forgive us for not making known our needs. I, I want to pray, Father, that I pray for this church. That this church, the body of Christ, will be a light to you. Unity of mind, of purpose, we will understand your mandate, we will carry it out. And in time, the culture of this church will be changed. It will be a culture of love, as you said, as you have lived, so we will lift. And I pray that because we, we care to do that, we don't take this lightly, the love of God will be perfected in us through BBH. God, thank you for uh, giving us this vision and I really believe that the third net is your assignment for us. We're going to work together now to weave it. I pray by God's help with your, by the grace of God, this third net will be a big and a strong one. 
we give you thanks, Father, for hearing our prayers and for speaking to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's rise and respond to God in this song. Lord, we need your grace and mercy. We need to pray like never before. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to open heaven's door. With the passion once again, I want to care for others like Jesus cares for me. Let your rain fall upon me. Lord, we humbly of you what we ask but we yearn to see your glory restore this dying land spirit touch your church stir the hearts of Jesus cares for me, let your rain fall upon me, let your rain fall upon me, let your rain fall upon me. God, we ask, we ask for this blessing, the blessing of God, the blessing of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you will fill us with your fullness, you will teach us to live, and may the light of Christ shine upon us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore, forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I worship 
No. 